Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies as usual, the sharp edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. What's happening, ladies? Doing all right. Doing okay. Been a bit of a rough week for me and my dog, but... <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Tell us about your dog. It's not good. Oh, it's the same story I told almost exactly a year ago to this day on his right knee. His right knee, he blew out his, it's called something else, but basically it's their ACL, like, you know. And so he had to go through the surgery, and it's just, it's a three-month process of healing. So a lot of physical therapy and icing and massaging and taking them to the vet and all that good stuff. The fun water tank. Remember when you found, found video to include yep. the dog in the water tank? Okay. Yeah. I can, I can add that in there again. Yeah. <laughs> and they told me, that's so funny. Everyone thought that was my dog, but they told me that he's got like a 40% chance of it happening to his left one, that that's, you know, somewhat common. And sure enough, this weekend, he to, uh, spotted a deer and just took off. And all of a sudden, I hear him off in the brush just wailing. And sure enough, tore the left one. So I had to um, carry him. He's 65 pounds. On and off. I, you know, I had to keep taking breaks. I was dying because I have a bad back to begin with. <laughs> so, and I had to carry him almost a half a mile. And fortunately, we got to like the last 100 feet in this this man and his wife came up and he's like, do you need some help? Do you want me to carry him the rest of the way? I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. So I do want to give a shout out to JM. What a sweetheart. She started a GoFundMe for me to um, help raise funds for the surgery. And I just, I want to thank everyone for your prayers and your well wishes and sharing your stories, you know, about your dogs and what you've been through and, and your donations and everything. I really appreciate it a lot. Very cool. That was very cool. We have an awesome community of, of people, don't we? I know. I know. Really I feel is. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's the silver lining whenever you have these types of things happen is the support that we get. So that's very awesome. Thank you guys. Right. Right. Yeah. I literally had tears in my eyes the other day. It was just, it was overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. So he's going in Tuesday for surgery and then the three months begin. So if you hear him whining or groaning in the background, it's not because he's in pain because he's on all kinds of pain meds. He's so frustrated. <clears throat> he's just sad. He wants to be outside. This is like the best time of the year. We're both very frustrated because we're outdoorsy people and now we're, now we're confined uh, to backyard. <laughs> as if we haven't had enough of that this year. I know. I know. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Mm, I know. <clears throat> Right, so what are we getting? What are we getting into today, ladies? We've got James's article, "The Curious Case of Trump's Illness," baffles pundits left and right. We're going to talk about your report, Corey, the fact check on uh, that wire rosary of Biden's that report you did. Uh, Trump's D-class, uh, Radcliffe's D-class, Brennan notes. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pope calling for one, <laughs> a one word with the UN running the show. And Edge and I also finished up a recording on Hive Mind uh, to do with the Vatican and that. So we'll get into that a little bit before we drop that on Monday. Uh, Pence-Kamala debate. We have to talk about that a little bit because that's probably the thing freshly on everyone's mind. 
Uh, anything else, girls? Or we... uh, Netflix cuties. Oh, yeah. yeah we got... Good thing yeah, that we... happened there. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. That's interesting. Yeah, so, a lot of going on. Lots going on. Yeah. So what should we lead into first? Should we lead into the debates? Sure. Go for it. I, I, <laughs> I sat that one out. I, could, I couldn't do it. It's, it's been a hard enough week finishing this well, report. Well, it was, um, it, it was pretty boring, let's be honest. But we all had a feeling that it would be. Uh, Pence and Trump are very different debaters. Uh, but I do think they uh, work together well because tr- tr- Trump is someone that he likes to attack. He likes to agitate. He likes to push buttons. He's a showman more than he's a debater, which we all love because it's entertaining. Uh, Pence was very calm, cordial. Kind very of gentleman. He was. Yeah. But he was also very concise. And I I think the, the, um, the consensus, and based off of, you know, from my own views, uh, I think he actually did really well and presented himself well and uh, nailed Kamala on a lot of key areas, like her record with prosecutions, um, you know, just the the whole Democrat campaign against the Trump administration to spy on the Trump administration, the coup, basically. I mean, he, he hit some really good stuff home. And so I think that he did really well. And I think generally he won. I, and even like polls were showing that too. So of course they would take him down whenever whenever a poll showed that, that Pence won. It was like, oh, that, we got to delete that. <laughs> well, when, when, when you have a CNN poll giving him 38%, which mm. is pretty good. For a CNN poll, when he's pushing to forty, that's how you judge CNN polls. Thirty-eight from CNN viewership is not um is interesting, but she just you know she just came out with, she didn't really change any of the narrative. I mean, she was just repeating the same points that Biden did. There was no contrast there. At least with Pence, he furthered Trump's agenda and backing him in certain things in ways that Trump couldn't do. Yeah. And she, to me, came off generally, I, like what I saw as far as the response on Twitter and, and everywhere else is that Kamala is just really not a polished debater whatsoever. And as a, an attorney, you would think that she would, you know, have more skills, but uh, it just didn't really come across that way. It seemed really amateurish and immature kind of like with her facial expressions and her like awkward little giggles or smiles, you know, like she didn't know how to respond. And it just, it, it seemed like, you know, here you had a polished experienced VP who was very calm and concise next to just kind of amateur hour over with Kamala, in my opinion. I can't yeah. stomach Kamala. I put her right up there with Hillary. She just her, turns my stomach. Her She's voice, not- I can't either. Her voice is so annoying to me. She's mm-hmm. not likable. She's not likable. She has that demeanor that is just not likable about her. I mean, right. through the whole debate, she was like, it was like a valley girl. Yes. Sitting there against a politician, like a seasoned politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it was just, and everything she chucked out right from the start. 
It was completely based on lies and false premises, like the COVID hoax. Um, apparently, the Trump, you know, called the coronavirus a hoax. She started with that, led with that. Um, uh, that he called uh, white supremacists very fine people. That one got put up again. Yep. She's so it, pushing this all the same lies that that he that Trump stood on graves and was uh, talking badly about the military. All the things that have already been debunked. That those were her best talking points. Like really, I mean, they they don't they don't have anything fresh. No, but see that that that's why. Uh, by, uh, Pence was a good contrast to Trump though, because, like I said, Pence furthered his agenda. Where Kamala was just repeating everything Biden said. It's just your typical. Um, talking points. One thing she got caught on though, and I don't, the way she responded to this really, really, really hurts her is that fracking one. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's videos of her saying that she's going to ban fracking. Now, of course, as soon as she said that, Joe Biden's also said that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll roll the tapes as we're, as we're talking. But um, now with that, she came out on Twitter and she she um, she said again, you know, just to let you know, we're not going to ban fracking. If you go through the comments on on that tweet, it's um, she's getting smashed by the far left mm-hmm. because the yeah. far left are all, all for that, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're they're really pissed at her because of that. So I, I I think she she did a disservice there to her own base because people that you know want fracking and stuff like that are not generally the more leftist types. Right. I think that, again, this is all about pulling people away from their base. And I think Pence did a good job of that by the fracking comment and as well as the pointing out Kamala's Harris, Kamala Harris's uh, uh, prosecution background with and, um, you know, prosecuting blacks disproportionately more. I, I thought that that was really successful. And the other thing was that when when Pence brought up the SCOTUS nominee and talking about how the Democrats, whenever they don't get their way, they just change the rules and how they won't answer the question about packing the court. And Kamala did not have a good response to that. She evaded that question as well, which made her look very deceitful. And I think that that was a a really good move to call that out. Mm, This is why I watch. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I figured he'd probably obliterate her. Yeah, I yeah. think it was a pretty decisive win. Yeah, look, well, when... when so I messaged media- Speaker last night and said, Speaker, can you please can you please watch the debate? I just don't have it in me, and we need to talk about it in the podcast. <laughs> he hated me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still not a fan of you. But, uh, yeah, but when, when your main talking point is a fly landed on... Pence's head, it, you you've pretty much lost a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the best they got. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing that's getting chucked around more than anything. And if that's what you're going to rely on, you know, you didn't you didn't do a good job there. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about everything that went on this past week? Isn't it funny? It's like Thursday night, like clockwork. Some bombshell drops after we're done recording and we get it to go first thing Friday morning and then boom, some bombshell drops Thursday night, which yep. of course was, you know, 
Trump tweeting out that he, uh, him and Melania tested positive for COVID. And then it was just a whole snowball effect from there. So what do you guys make of all this? <laughs> huh? no, I, are you saying what's going to happen tomorrow that we're not going to touch on? No. Okay. What do we make of all of the things that the COVID Trump and Melania catching COVID um, and everyone else? Yes. And everyone else. Well, first all of all, I think it's very suspicious that all of these Republicans caught it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I won't even go there. I'll just say, look, I'm glad they're fine. They made a miraculous recovery. That was like really quick. I love <laughs> I love how he came back strong. And he was like, yeah, you don't need to be afraid of COVID. I mean, it, it's like even if, whether this was planned, whether this was some kind of conspiracy or not, either way, I think that it it was a win for Trump in that in the in the eyes of the public, in that he's shown that you can defeat COVID, that you it's it's not the end of the world, you can move on with your life, and we just keep moving forward instead of living in fear, which is what they want us to do. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, you, you've got him throwing that message out. You know, it's it's okay. Be strong. You overcome it. You get through this. You can beat it. And on the other side of the fence, you've got wear masks, stay indoors, don't touch each other, be afraid. I mean, those two, there's two messages. One's easily the winner there. You know, and the way he broke with the media, Jesus, I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> the way so he broke. good. <laughs> Right, that when he was Especially in the car, with the drive by. oh God, they're screaming that he was infecting everyone, and it was just it was unbelievable to watch. Oh, the Chris Cuomo meltdown, meltdown was just beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I think it highlighted a lot of key key things um, as far as him them going nuts over him taking his mask off and how quickly he healed. And oh my gosh, he's in the vehicle with his. Secret Service, he's going to infect the Secret Service. This is just dangerous and terrible. And now they care about cops. Yeah, right. Right. And um, which, you know, they're around him all the time anyways. I mean, what, what would you like him to clear everyone out and be completely isolated from everyone? That, so, that actually would have been really funny if he was driving the car himself. That would, <laughs> right? that would have been so funny. Uh, but but I will say this though. Then he came out with like that four or five minute clip the other day. I'm losing track of my days. This week's been a bit of a blur. Where he was, you know, kind of in the same speech you were just referencing, where he's saying, you know, you can't let COVID dominate you. You just you can't, and you have to move forward with your life, and you need to not fear it, and don't be afraid of it. But then in that that same clip, he's talking about how they've got a vax coming, but the FDA won't approve it now before election because of politics. And you guys know how I feel on the whole stall thing and my whole theory on that with the vaccine. Um, I knew that that wasn't going to come November 1st, like they were talking about, you know, having the military and everyone ready. So, but then he's pushing like Regeneron, which I'm not really cool with that and wondering why he dumped the hcq and then he's talking about how they're going to make the therapeutics available to everyone and they're going to be free and how china's going to pay a big price for what they've done to us and okay so there were like a lot of different messages in that it was about a four and a half minute um 
clip that he did. I'm just not liking the uh, Regeneron thing. So, so I'm just going to like sit on it and see what happens over the next couple of weeks here, why he kind of pushed HCQ to the side, why he seems to be lifting up Regeneron, um, which has they've gotten in trouble before them. And uh, is it Gentech or Gen- Genetech? I always forget. Um, Not sure. Both of them got, got busted for, um, oh, what do you call it? It was earlier this year, I believe, um, for, the, for, the, for the same thing, running, you know, a Medicare scam where there are millions and millions of dollars in a Medicare scam. So... Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to sit on this one and, and see where this goes in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I found that really interesting too. Uh, the, the dumping HCQ, uh, you know, that was, that was odd. And then the, the boosting Regeneron, which, um, yeah, interesting. But I did notice definitely how he also kind of pushed vaccines to the side and that, and that same recording, he was saying, you know, we, we got the vaccines, but really, really, look, we've got these, these, um, what, are these what does he call them? Therapeutics. Uh, yeah, we've got these therapeutics, which to me are like a cure. So he definitely was boosting the therapeutics and saying, look, you know, you really don't need a vaccine, um, but we've got one. You really don't right. need one, you know? Right. And FDA is not approving it, you know, politics. But, I mean, and this is what I said, that he's going to be pushing the therapeutics, and I feel like he's calling he's calling their bluff on the vaccines. I know a lot of people think that the vaccine is coming no matter what. And, my God, if you look at, like, the World Economic Forum's chart, that thing's ridiculous. And and you look at everything, all these initiatives and coalitions and, oh, my God, just dug up like another dozen last night and I, I just had to close out all my tabs <laughs> it just gets to be so much these people are everywhere pushing pushing crap pushing their agendas whether it's climate change or vaccines or abortions they're pushing it all so i i just i don't know i we're gonna have to keep our eyes on this and then i really didn't much care for ivanka pushing the flu shot the hell's that all about yeah, I saw that too. A lot of mixed signals going on. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines and, and trying to watch things play out because some of these, this messaging just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, maybe it will more so in hindsight. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah. did you guys have a chance to uh, check out my report I dropped today? I haven't yet. I haven't. <laughs> that took me like over 60 hours to do. But I can't I had to wait. Do it. I had to do it, man. I just, I'm so tired of the lies. We are talking about someone they are trying to install to run this country. That's not going to run this country. They're going to run it for him. Of course, Joe Biden's who I'm talking about. And the man had a device on his wrist. And let me be clear, everyone, not a wire. Not a wire. In fact, I even put in here in the report that the, the lapel is a shadow. If you, if you go in and you study the videos, it is a hard shadow. 
and it, it evaporates. It literally evaporates before your eye. There's a lot of hard shadows throughout this whole thing. In fact, when I was analyzing the wrist, I was, I was having to deal with a lot of that as well. So what happened is the media picks this up and goes, okay, people are talking about smart contact lenses, which mm, entirely plausible, but let's face it, there's no way we can prove that. People are sharing memes and information about the wire under the lapel. So what they do is they disqualify both of those immediately, and then they, they give all the content of their articles to that, with just a little tiny section addressing the rosary on his wrist, which is where a device actually was. I do not believe it was a mic or a wire. To me, it appears to be some form of medical device that either like pinches him in his upper wrist, base of his hand, either to trigger something or to stimulate something, but it's some sort of device. It is 100% not a rosary. It is indisputable. I have all the evidence in my report. I went through 4,200 photos between the time his son died on uh, Bo, Bo Biden on May 30th, 2015, up through the presidential debate and went through like a dozen videos. So what I did is I laid this out in the same fact check manner that they all do. And I put all of their claims, not all, but you know, I grabbed like a half a dozen um, reports and showed their claims. And the funny thing is they're hanging their claim on a video interview when the Bidens were kicking off a book tour back in November, 2017 with Megyn Kelly. And they are hanging it all on this because Biden said, I have not taken off the rosary Bo was wearing when he passed since then, but it's my connection with him. So we're talking a little over two years later after he passed, he claimed he had never taken it off since he passed. So I already proved that lie in here. He took it up numerous times. And all the trolls come in and say, it's his rosary, you idiot. He wear, you know, it's his dead son's rosary and he never takes it off his left wrist. So essentially, um, he wears it less than he wears it. <laughs> then, did that even make sense? He wears it less than he actually, yeah. So, <clears throat> I no, he did You said he wears it less than he wears it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it no sense. <laughs> He wears it less than he claims to wear it. There were only three events we where you can find photos of him actually wearing it and 10 events where he's not wearing it. Furthermore, we have a little thing called gravity. And in all the pictures and video footage where he is wearing it, at any time where it comes out of his cuff, it drapes down. It's gravity. And it has a silver ring at the end of it neither of which are shown in the object that literally appears to have some form of artificial intelligence that protrudes vertically up his wrist right? at a 90 yeah. degree angle. Yeah. Really and then weird. the one in the front literally arcs, grabs the skin, and then it drops down super fast and his skin remains pinched. And you can see like a very thin, why there's like, um, you know, on your glass, like if you wear wired glasses, how you have the little rubber things at the noses, the transparent rubber. So it's encased in something like that. And you can see there's this thin little wire with this little like ball at the very top of it. So it is 
indisputable. Anyone who wants to debate me on this, let's freaking go. I've got all the evidence <laughs> in this report. I doubt anybody has gone through 42 pictures, basically. 4,200. 4,200, yeah, sorry, 4,200 pictures in every event Biden's been to, basically. Well, not only that. Compared and contrasted. Not only that. So he says, you know, in the interview back in 2017 that this is his son's rosary, he never takes it off. And and then in uh, interviews down the road from there, he then claims a different bracelet is the rosary. And then he claims this little ring that he keeps in his pocket is the rosary. And so he keeps changing it. And uh, I can promise you, I can promise you it is not the rosary. And the reason I, you know, bothered to take the time to do this is because these people are trying to install this man as our president. And the man has, has used teleprompters. He's notorious for lying. He's, I mean, they've got, they're investigating him in Ukraine. They're investigating him in here. And he, uh, he's, he's obviously got some form of dementia or something. He's so. absolutely a puppet. He's a Trojan horse. Yep. They, they are trying every which way possible to hide him and conceal his dementia, his, uh, all of his corruption, um, all of the investigations he's under. He's afraid to, to debate Trump at this point in person. Uh, I'm sure that they are afraid they're going to get caught again trying to help him any way possible with this debate. So that now they're trying to do it virtually, which Trump will not do. So they're at a stalemate at this point on you know debating yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah and and i just think that well it shouldn't be done virtually and he needs to be he needs to be inspected beforehand i'm sorry but we're talking about someone running for the president of the united states of america and if if i need some yeah, form of medical devices just to get through a debate my god yeah, if he does it virtually, he's going to have a teleprompter yeah. right there. He's going to have people helping him right there. Absolutely. No, no we, we need to see how he can handle it. Because if he can't handle a debate, he can't handle the office. Yeah. Period. You know what I find uh, so. really sad? It's, it's really sick that he, he uses his dead son, his former wife and daughter, he used them in a campaign ad to push the Affordable Care Act. And now we find like he's using the rosary. It, it's disgusting. You know, he told her he hasn't taken it off. Sorry, I counted uh, nine events with, you know, plenty of photos from each of those events where he was not wearing it. I mean, two months after he passed, he wasn't wearing it. I have all the timelines on all of this, uh, you know, of course. So it's, it's really, it's sick. This is it how is. far this man goes to lie, to push it's, agendas. It's, it's, very, it's, it's high level emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I have that in here, too. That's their biggest trick, you know, and it frustrated me because there were actually conservatives buying into this and going, oh, yeah, it's just the rosary because, you know, or people that have huge followings that don't want to share the information because they're so afraid of being labeled a conspiracy theorist. People need to do a little bit of research, a little bit of fact-checking, and not buy into... One of their oldest tricks in the books is to guilt and shame. They've done it with the LGBTQ. They do it with racism. They even do it with pedophiles. 
oh, they're the victim. We should feel bad for them. It's a mental illness. And now he's doing it with the rosary. It's disgusting. Yeah, they use it all the time. They don't. Harris used it in the debates, you know. I feel, we feel, the country feels, the people feel. <laughs> right? It, it, well, seriously, it is just such a whole thing. They mm -hmm. like to play on, a, on emotions with very little factual evidence coming into play. You have to wear the masks because you have to protect other people. If you don't, then you are an evil person harming other people. This You're is how they get everyone. Selfish. Yep. Yep. That's what it's all about. Guilting, shaming you. It's so frustrating, dude, because if people don't start, this is like the one thing we can do to fight back right now. If people do not start removing their masks, I'm so sick of the excuses. I, I'm sorry. I don't care what the excuses are anymore. If you're going to lose your job, find another job, find some other way, means of making money. If you're afraid of confrontation, you're afraid that they're going to kick you out of the store. I just don't care anymore. You're worried about hurting their feelings or it's a manager and they're just doing their job. They're just following orders. So you don't want to have to, you know, put them at risk or it's just all of this. Okay. Let's fast forward a couple years when all of a sudden, you know, this is a hypothetical. I'm hoping, praying we're not going to this point, but this is where they're pushing it to is complete, complete control over us in every fashion you can possibly imagine. And if you don't start removing the masks now and saying, we're not going to take this, we're not going to obey, we are not going to bow to you, they're going to keep moving forward. And then we're going to be really screwed. And then you're going to wish you would have taken that mask off. Yep, yep. It's a slow process. It's a, they're inching ever closer every day with uh -huh. these with these mandates, and that may be like a good segue to talk about this story about the Pope this week, um, and and statements that he's put out regarding this, um, but just their bigger agenda. You know what we can expect in the future if these guys continue with this. So this week the Pope came out he, with his new encyclical entitled Fratelli Tutti, in which he stated that the magic theories of market capitalism failed us during COVID, during the COVID crisis. And we basically need this new world economic and political system. To, it's got, all has to be reformed because during coronavirus, you know, we saw how fragile the world systems were, and it demonstrated that not everything can be solved with market freedom. So basically, they're using coronavirus to segue into this new world order agenda and just put it into full gear. And, um, and you see that with the masks. But as you were saying, you know, they're inching closer to it every single day with these types of things. Oh, yeah. And he and didn't, I, I haven't had a chance to read it. I mean, that thing was 92 pages long. Um, I did read some little snips here and there, but, but this very much involves the United, the UN, the United Nations. Absolutely. The, the Pope is echoing everything that the United Nations is saying and that all of these leaders are saying, like, for example, Prince Charles, who came out also echoing the UN, they're all pushing the green 
the green agenda, but all piggy, piggybacking on coronavirus and saying, look, right. the, the, these are the failures of coronavirus. We have another catastrophe that is just looming and we cannot wait any longer. We need to put full into full gear our green plan, our green recovery, and we can't wait any longer. It happens now. And it's really all just trying to shift to this new world order agenda. And they're going full steam ahead on it. But yeah, so what the Pope put out, you know, just some of those snippets that you were talking about were, were that, you know, he was, he was calling for, instead of market freedom, he's calling for, you know, rejecting absolute right to personal property. Uh, he's calling for a focus on the common good. What does that sound like to you? I mean, it sounds a lot like socialism, communism. He's calling for... Uh, an elimination to, ca of, to capitalism and for socialism or communism. And also he did talk about, uh, again, you know, welcoming migrants, open borders, rejecting nationalism, you know, rejecting mm -hmm. nations having sovereign borders. But, um, you know, <laughs> I thought it was interesting also this week that um, some, some chapters of the of Freemasonry uh, tweeted this out just in support, basically endorsing the Pope's uh, Fratelli Tutti, which is actually Fratelli Tutti means universal brotherhood. So the Brotherhood of the Freemasons is endorsing the Pope's Fratelli Tutti. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the Pope calling for this more socialist, communist, economic, and political world order Mm -hmm. it, it you have to put it in context you know, in the context of also just recently the pope rejecting to meet with pompeo because pompeo wanted to talk to him about hey you should not re-up this agreement with china but the pope's clear about wanting to renew this agreement with china and of course china being a proponent of communism um you know it's all in line they need china to bring in this new social, economic, and political world order that they want, which is a, a communist, socialist type of order. Right? Mm, yep. Yep. So it all fits. And they're all um, going full steam ahead. And every little step they take, like the masks, like these little mandates, everything is inching towards that. And seriously, I'll put a link to the... Um the World Economic Forum to that chart so people can see. It's like interactive. You can mouse over it and you can see that they spell it all out for you right there, what their game is, what their end game is. So this is no joke. No, Remove the mask. Stand up and fight. Yeah, and Speaker Start and lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Speaker and I, uh, coincidentally, we actually just finished up recording um, a, a, a podcast on the Vatican and the Pope nice. and the new world order, which will be out on Monday. So you can check Perfect. that out. We, we do talk about, yeah, we do talk about this stuff and much, much more. In yeah, our timing is pretty good with these sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was perfect. Yep. Yep. So what's going on with um, the Flynn case? Yeah, a lot of uh, new documents have come out. DOJ released new exculpatory evidence in the Flynn case. And this uh, evidence is uh, the FBI and DA shows the FBI and the DOJ all knew they had nothing on Flynn. We have handwritten notes now by the FBI general counsel, Bill Baker, that says 
there was no, that no reasonable prosecutor would pursue the Logan Act. And based on their assessment of whether Razor, which was the operation they did against Flynn, was a covert relationship with Rus Russia, Baker wrote, nope, probably not, based on facts to date and the Flynn interview. So this exculpatory evidence was withheld from Flynn and his defense team, and it shows that he's innocent. he was innocent all along, and the FBI knew that from the start. And uh, so it just shows that not only did they know from the start that they didn't have anything on him and no reasonable prosecutor, this is Bill Baker's words, no reasonable prosecutor would go after Flynn for the, for the Logan Act. Not only that, but we know that they withheld this memo and many others, many tons of exculpatory evidence they've withheld from Flynn and Sidney Powell. Yeah. So all this time. Yep. My yep. God. Mm -hmm. So when is, when is the next uh, court date with this? Do you know? I'm not sure, but I know this week. Uh, well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure uh, soon as far as the next court date, but this week Flynn's team did file a motion to disqualify judge Sullivan. So this motion, yeah. if you get a chance, read it because it's so damning. I mean, it goes through and explains the biases of Sullivan. It explains how Sullivan tapped attorneys connected to Sally Yates to continue the prosecution of Flynn. And that Gleason, who was the one who filed the amicus brief, Mm -hmm. He has uh, he has connections to Andrew Wiseman from the Mueller probe, and <laughs> Judge Sullivan's personal turn attorney is connected to Hillary Clinton and defended staffers on the Clinton email scandal. So, oh, the swamp is so deep. It is. Anyone looking at the scope of the evidence can see that the entire prosecution of Flynn was a setup from the beginning, and Joel Judge Sullivan is in on it. Oh yeah. That, that's been clear for a while. Yeah. yeah I, think <laughs> I think we knew that from the start. We did. But, we uh, did. They're just, uh, they're just trying to push this out now. Yep. So he should, he, he should be disqualified from this case. The, the case should be dropped. Flynn deserves to be exonerated, not full pardon. He deserves to be exonerated. And as Sidney Powell has stated, you know, the American people need to see that the justice, the justice system actually works and it provides equal justice and innocent people get exonerated. So right. it's a long process. It's rare, but, just, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We just need to be patient. We need to be patient. So that's uh, where we're at. No, you guys have to update me on this because I've been a little little out of the loop this week. Um, so I saw that Trump tweeted out, I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russian hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal, no redactions. And then I saw um, that there was, let's see, Brian Cates tweeted out, uh, oh, hey, intrepid FBI confidential source who secretly taped both Carter Page and George Papadopoulos and spread fake stories alleging an affair between General Flynn and, sorry, it's, it's like the, the Twitter handle, oh gosh, how do you say her name? La, Lakova? Yes. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember her first name, um, but just, just got his fat ass subpoenaed. So, which is Steve, Stephen Helper. So I saw that drop. I saw, you know, that there was going to be this big Ratcliffe D-class. I don't know that it happened yet. That's like as far as I got with this. So what's the scoop on this? 
Well, this week, Ratcliffe did declassify handwritten notes by Brennan and a CIA memo to the FBI. And that handwritten note by Brennan was showing that Brennan briefed Obama on Hillary Clinton's plan to create a Russia collusion story in order to distract the public from the use of her private email server during the 2016 election. And that CIA memo shows that this plan was referred to the FBI. So the memo actually says, like actually says this, that the plan was approved by Hillary Clinton to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian security service. This is handwritten notes by Brennan. Lovely. And the CIA memo actually says, literally says that it was approved by Hillary Clinton and it was a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server server. So this is unbelievable. These people documented their treason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, we already knew it, but to see it documented like that is outstanding. It is. It is. So every single one of them knew this was all a lie to cover up Hillary's email scandal. We better see indictments. So now jail time. One of the things I was seeing is so Trump saying he fully authorized. And then I saw Sydney tweet out, you need to order it, not authorize it and, you know, force them to actually release all of this. And then I did see something about how Ratcliffe has, what is it like over a thousand pages? Yes. So yeah, Ratcliffe. So Trump tweeted that out. And then the next day, Ratcliffe put out a statement out of ODNI that said that they have provided over a thousand pages to the DOJ for Durham's investigation. And he also stated in that statement that they are committed to transparency, referring to declassifying documents so the public can see them. And Mm. now as far as the timing goes, look, I, we know now about the obstruction at the CIA under Jenna Haspel. We know about the obstruction at the FBI under Christopher Wray. I don't know, personally. I don't know what role Haspel and Ray play. If they're black hats, white hats, whatever. I do Ray's know- a piece of shit. <laughs> I knew you were yeah, going to say I that. I concur with that. I but I it. will say, when I, when I did hear about Gina withholding docs, something didn't sit right with me. Something felt off there. So I don't know if this is game playing and she's I do. a white hat or what's going on with that. I think there's some major chess playing going on here. I think they were put in positions for a reason. I'm not even going to speculate black hat, white hat, whatever. They were put in those positions for a reason. And I don't think it's a coincidence that their obstruction caused these documents to be delayed for years to get out and that it's finally now coming out in October, just in time for October surprise. That's not a coincidence. I still want some, I still want a couple indictments before the election. And I know they said they're not going to release the Durham report until afterwards, which I think is bullshit personally. Um, I feel like there, there should have been, there should have been some indictments before the election, personally. There should have been something from now. It's been four years. Yep. People yep. are getting tired yep. of seeing just this double-edged sword on the justice system. Absolutely. Justice not for us. People need to see this information before they cast their votes. And we've already had people casting votes. But they right. need to know how Joe Biden participated in a coup 
against the sitting president before they cast their votes. Otherwise, it looks like obstruction once again by the DOJ. Right. And so we have to see information declassified, in my belief. We have to see information declassified before November 3rd. But let, let's be honest. A lot of people casting their vote for Joe Biden don't really care about it, even if he did do it. All right. They're just going to go against Trump no matter what. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. That I can't. Yeah. Yeah, but I want indictments. I want to know that, that, that some of these people are going to be held accountable. That the, uh, you know, Ray is going to be replaced, or if this has been a game all along, that he's going to end up putting through indictments. I just, uh, I, I personally don't care for Ray. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's but then everything. you go, well, why hasn't he been replaced? You know? Right. Like he was put there with them knowing he was going to obstruct. And it was all about timing. It's all about timing. Maybe that was, that's my theory anyways. Maybe that was the reason is. Well, I now think it, indictments would go a long way in votes yeah. for Trump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. good sil- silver lining this week. We should talk about the whole Netflix cuties indictment. Yeah, that yeah. was good to see. Yeah, so that there's not a lot really going on about it, like in depth, but this is good though. A Texas grand jury alleged promoting, uh, indicted Netflix for promoting uh, lewd visual material of a child in connection to release of the controversial film Cuties, which we all know about by now. Uh, the grand jury in Taylor County returned the indictment against uh, Netflix. The indictment charges that Netflix did knowingly promote uh, is visual material which depicts lewd exhibition of genitals or public area of a clothed or partially clothed child who is under the age of 18. Uh, years of age at the time of visual material was created, which appears to be pure interest in sex and has no serious, uh, literally art- artistic, political or scientific value. So that's that's the indictment on its um, on the surface level. But the thing, the most interesting thing about that is Netflix once again just decided to back back cuties, and they're going to try to fight this. Of course, so it's just like, wow, man, really? Is this the hill you want to keep dying on? I wonder how that works exactly. Like, if Texas was to win this case, how does that? how does that work as far as it being allowed? Cause they can control, you know, where it's aired. So with it being allowed to be aired over here in the U S how does that work? If one state I, is taking them to court, I wouldn't have a clue. I'm not a lawyer, hmm. but someone let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if someone knows, please let us know because yeah, that, that is also, an interesting outcome to me. But one thing it will do is it will really jeopardize Netflix if mm-hmm. they lose this. Yep. I mean... That'll set yeah. a precedent for sure. Oh, and we need some precedents being set against this sort of stuff. Otherwise, it's just going to keep happening and it's going to keep getting worse. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a week, <sighs> man. It's just going to keep getting crazier each week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some bombshell is going to drop tonight before we publish in the morning. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. Undoubtedly. <laughs> it's October. This whole month is going to be crazy. Yeah. October. Surprise. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, everyone needs to uh, rest up a bit and get your minds ready for this election because it's going to be big, man. And like, I'm already starting to get sick and stuff like that. I know Corey's been going through some stuff, so the energies are they're going to be swirling around. So you got to kind of keep your head up on them. Yep, that's right. And we're always here for you guys. We have a great community, and just thank you guys for all the love and support. We appreciate you all. And uh, we will keep you updated as the weeks go by. So thanks for listening to us here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Buckle up. Thank you.